This is the Morning Sports Desk for Tuesday, January 24th. Corey, it's another Tuesday, and I've yet to find any tacos. I know. We, um, we, We're we, dropping the ball on this we one. We need tacos. We need. It's still early. We could do donuts Ooh. followed by tacos. How about like a taco donut? A donut taco? Um. Okay. I mean, you, listen. We didn't plan for this, but you're throwing it out into the world. I know. So what I, is that? I'm I'm spitballing here. That's what I'm trying to talk myself into it. So like, if you get, let's say, maybe you can get like uh, like a roll, and you get the dough, and you kind of make the dough into like a, a, some kind of shell. Okay. And then you can get some kind of uh, a, you know, maybe some jelly or some some icing or something, you know, and put it in the middle. Okay. But, like, you don't enclose it, so it's not a donut, but it's like a taco because you just can, so can the f- have it. And then maybe or you like can that. fill the middle with icing or whatever you want. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm willing to try it. I'll try anything once. If you're willing to bring – you know what? I don't want to be selfish today. So why don't why don't we have somebody bring us some donuts so I can be thankful for their efforts? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Like, I just want to thank somebody today. Listen, don't do this to me. I don't want to be selfish. Bring me some donuts so I can be thankful. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I want to show some compassion to people so people need to do things that will make me make me appreciate them. <laughs> come on. Come on. I've got girls basketball tonight on AM 1430 and 98.5 FM. The fan it's mid state conference girls basketball staples. Motley Cardinals host the Pequot lakes Patriots. Here's what we have going on. Staples Motley three and nine overall. They're Owen two in mid state conference play, but they are off a win. They played last night, beat Verndale 54 to 51. Pequot Lakes comes into tonight's contest at 10 and 1 overall. They're 2 and 0 in Mid-State Conference play. Their lone loss was the second game of the year versus Albany 57 to 34. Otherwise, it's a million wins in a row or, or I guess 8 would be the uh or 9 whatever. Nine wins in a <laughs> row would be the basic math, plus a postponed game in there. Their last game was on Friday. They beat Rock Ridge 55-48. to 48. Pequot Rock Lakes Ridge. is really good, um, at least according to the QRF. They are ranked fifth in Class 2A. But both teams out of Section 7AA, so this is a mid-state conference and Section 7AA implication uh, on the line, and I will have it tonight. On the fan. The fan. Timberwolves lost, Let's uh, to keep it in basketball. Yeah. They lost to a team that had previously lost 13 straight. Uh-huh. A team that they had beat two nights ago. Mm-hmm. 119-114. As the headline says here, I have nothing more to add. Wolves lose to woeful Houston. <laughs> That's the right headline. That's uh, perfect. The headlines don't always get it right. The headline <laughs> got that one right. Uh, you know, maybe maybe uh, if you want to get creative with it, Houston, we have a problem. Uh, we have a problem in Houston. I don't know. If you want to get like, if you want to get all, if you want to get all creative. Uh, 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 H- Houston colon rut row. <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, it is uh, it is Matthew Lillard's birthday today. He did play Shaggy in those live action Scooby Doo movies. Oh yeah, of course. So hey, it's it's fitting. That guy's awesome. That guy's he actually voices Shag. I think he voices a lot of Shaggy stuff now for like the cartoons. Is it called Up a Creek? Have you ever seen that movie? I've I've heard of it. He's in it. I uh, think Seth jo- Green. I think Josh Peck is in that one. Am I, I thinking of a different movie? No, is he the Hangover guy? No, I think the Hangover guy's in it. Okay, um, Ed Helms or Bradley Cooper? No, no, the the guy who gets lost on the roof, like whose bachelor party it is. Yeah, that guy. Okay, that guy's in it, and they like find DB Cooper. It's just a ridiculous <laughs> movie. Anyway, if you're ever watching Comedy Central on a Saturday at ten thirty, it's usually on. <laughs> The Twins um, made a trade yesterday. They get Gold Glove outfielder Michael A. Taylor from the Kansas City Royals. They trade away some pitching prospects, Stephen Cruz and Evan Sisk. Um, I know he's a Gold Glover. I don't. I don't know who this guy is. Who is he? Uh, Michael A. Taylor is a vet. He's I think like thirty-ish years old. Okay. Um, he's kind of bounced around a couple different clubs. Uh, was spent the last year or two with Kansas City as their center fielder. Of course, a Gold Glover in twenty twenty-one. Um, but. He also won a World Series with the Nationals in 2019. So a little bit of pedigree there. Him and Correa both have rings, so you know that, that helps out a little bit. Uh, funny thing is that uh, the, the first Twins prospect you named, what was, it, uh, what was his name? It sure was Stephen Cruz. Yeah, who care? Who cares about him? He was a I think he had like an ERA of five in Double A. So for, okay. forget him. He's a throwaway prospect. He didn't matter. And then that Evan Sisk, who they traded, uh, they got in the J A Hap trade. So somehow that woeful, awful, no good, very bad 2021 campaign for J A Hap in a Twins uniform somehow got the Twins some value in the year of our Lord 2023. So so. My question with this guy is, that, but I mean, he's, he's... If you a, want to know who Taylor is, he's basically a veteran, little more refined version of Gilberto Celestino. That doesn't help me. Who the heck is that? No offense, Gilberto Celestino. He's, <laughs> I mean, he's a guy who can't really hit, but plays really great defense. So how recently did he win his gold glove? 2021. Okay. It, does this mean does this mean bad things for someone like Max Kepler? Like, do we have a new left fielder and Larnack is playing right field? What does this What does this actually mean? Well, let me look here because I uh, uh, Michael A. Taylor's uh, stat line here because I want to see if he's played any corner outfield. To my knowledge, I think he's pretty much just been a center fielder. And I think what the Michael A. Taylor trade is, is the twins are upgrading on Celestino because Celestino is kind of slated as that backup center fielder. So I think this actually, now he has, uh, if 20, you can play center field, you can play the corner. He's played. Yeah. He has like minimal experience at the corner outfields. He can do it. So he's a guy who can hit lefties because the twins needed another right hand outfield bat. So that helps a little bit. I don't quite have a splits up to tell like if he's great or if he's just the guy, it's, it's he wouldn't be available if he was great. Yeah, it's so fine. it's like uh, or just against lefties or something like that. So um, that I mean, he's basically going to be the backup center fielder. I think is where it's course for. I think the I think with Max Kepler, I think the Twins would trade him if they felt they had a good return. But I feel like just the way Max Kepler has hit the last couple of years, he's pretty much untradeable. If you want to get anything more than like 
what the Twins just traded away, which is two prospects who may like two prospects without really any pedigree to them. They're just kind of guys in your system. And to be clear, you mean the way he's hit not good. Yes. You don't mean he's untradeable because he's been so awesome. Yeah. Because he, he's been below average. They can trade Max Kepler. The Yankees, there's a bunch of teams like the Yankees, the Rays, even the Marlins all have checked in on Kepler according to like some reading I've done. So like, the, I mean, he's got people interested, but teams aren't willing to move a ton for him because you can find quarter outfielders anywhere. Alright, it seems weird then that you would trade for a gold glove center fielder and only have him be a backup. Does that mean Buck Buxton plays significantly more DH? I think probably. Well, I mean, he played significantly at DH a lot last year. To protect him a little more? I think that's the plan. I mean, they're going to keep doing what they did last year. Um, They're going to keep doing what they did last year. Buxton's going to play a nice, healthy amount of DH, and maybe that's for the best, but then you can put Michael A. Taylor out there, who at least has been a veteran, he's been around, has that edge over Celestino and also remember uh that they'd throw out Nick Gordon there before who is he's a nice he's a fine athlete but I mean he's nowhere near what Michael A. Taylor can be and also as a late game substitution a pinch runner that helps a lot because the twins were dead last in stolen bases last year so getting a little bit of extra speed on your team he'll Michael A. Taylor is going to play enough the twins like to rotate guys around so Yeah, I think with this Michael A. Taylor trade, it's completely to get a depth backup outfielder for your team who's right-handed. You know, we were talking about this a little before, and then we should get into uh, like what what we actually want to do here. But um, I I actually appreciate depth in this sort of situation. Yes, well, especially with Buxton's injury history. That's why. That's the. There's not especially this. It's that's the only reason. If he was, if you thought he could play 130 games, you wouldn't care who plays in right in center field the other 30. Correct. So I appreciate when you when you need the depth in that sort of spot. I'm a little nervous about all this talk about the the Twins starting pitching depth because I have a, that there's there's a world where everyone is like a two and a half starter or a three starter and that's really good against their against a four five you know when you're getting deep in that rotation of four five but it seems like that means you're going to get shellacked when you're facing the team's top two well like let's say uh, the, the twins get into two. the playoffs who's your game one like does Correct. your game one starter go toe-to-toe with theirs right yeah. so there's some there's some potential problems there but i appreciate that sort of depth that i um somebody who can play the position behind buxton when he's shown that he can't always play the position there's been a lot of movement with the twins all of a sudden and you know, signing, re-signing Correa, um, Luis Arise getting traded, trading for this Taylor character. We were we were thinking, let's run through, let's run through the uh, uh, an ideal opening day starting lineup for the Twins. Yeah, and keep in mind, so this is with the players currently on the Twins roster. This is assuming they make no other moves, and these are who they have to work with. Do uh, you want to start? Well, yeah, so let's just go through the batting order. I think leading off for the Minnesota Twins sure. is going to be Byron Buxton. It has field. to be. It has to be. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad we agree. There's nothing really else to add. This is the weird one, I think, right out of the gate. Um, uh, we're assuming health, right? We're yep. assuming this is going to be the, the kind of opening day or ideal opening day. I would put uh, Kirill off here at, from, uh, Ooh, at first base. All right. That's what I, I like would it. do at number two. I think number two, I'm going Jorge Polanco. 
switch okay. hitter. So kind of gives you some depth between the guy I have hitting after Polanco. So switch hitter, Polanco's are in the right to be hitting in the top three of a lineup. All right, I want to get through. This will give you a hint of where I have Polanco. Let's get through the top four, okay? And then we'll we'll come to an agreement, okay? Sure. Uh, a batting third is Correa. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, batting fourth, that's where I have Polanco. Okay, that's not that's a fair place to put Polanco. I have Joey Gallo as the opening day DH okay. at the cleanup spot. So what do you like better? Who do you like better at the at the two spot out of out of this so far or is it someone else entirely? No, I th- I mean I'm 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 in line to say Polanco, but I think let's imagine if we get like 3 months into the season, there's a very real scenario where Kirilov is in the top 3 of this lineup if he stays healthy. Yeah, and he's not a three hitter, and he's not a leadoff hitter, but he's a guy who's going to make contact. Like right. he's, of of everybody we have in this lineup, he's the most contacty kind of guy. He's the best. I think if healthy, he's the best pure hitter. He can take that mantle from a rise. So, do you want Kirill? Should we should we keep Kirill off there then? Sure, let's go with that. All right, Buxton, Kirill off. We agree, or we've come to an agreement. Correa, that's the obvious third. Um, I had Polanco fourth. You had Gallo. What do you think? I mean, if we don't have, we don't use Polanco. No, we're think, all of a sudden, I'm forcing my way into my lineup. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Uh, Polan- <laughs> see, the thing with Gallo is, I think the Twins like. I think the Twins see a lot of upside in him that I don't quite see. Yeah. But so, like, I think Gallo being pushed down is fine. Okay. So I apologize for for dominating the top of this. <laughs> um, following Polanco, I have. Miranda batting fifth at yes. third base. Yes. So you still like that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Batting sixth, that's where I have Gallo, and I think I have Gallo as your DH. Yeah, let's put Gallo there because in this spot I had Kirilov hitting sixth if we're assuming this is played in April. Yeah, and by the way, the Twins are going to use in 162 games, they're going to have roughly 147 different lineups. Yeah, there's this isn't the old days of Ron Gardenhire putting Mike yeah. Redman in at third because Morneau has to stay at four. The lineup I wrote down and the lineup you wrote down and the lineup we come up with are all going to happen a max 12 times this year. You listening right now, whatever lineup you just came up with, there's a good chance the Twins will run it out there at least twice. Starting in left field and batting seventh, I have Trevor Larnack. Yeah, Larnack left field. Let's do it. Wow, is that what you had? Yes. Wow, we agree more than I was expecting. Um, Kepler and right. Yep, hitting eighth at, at eight, and then I have Vasquez hitting ninth. Yep, behind I, the plate. Yep, I think that I think we got the bottom of the lineup all handled. Buxton center field, Kirilov first base, Correa shortstop, Polanco second base. I mean, that's good if you believe in an up-the-middle sort of business. Yep. Miranda, third. Gallo, your DH. Larnack in left. Kepler in right. Vasquez catching. Now we need an opening day starter. I wrote down last year's opening day starter, Joe Ryan. I'm assuming you have the guy they just traded for. Yeah, I put him on there because the Twins... I'm going to go with recency bias. The Twins just traded for him. They're Like, it's opening day. Joe Ryan's my... He was my second pick. I was wavering between the two, but I went on Lopez just because he's the he's the new guy on the block he's the the guy you want to show off a little bit uh on we make a lot of deal over who starts on opening day but honestly they could have they could start kenta maeda on opening day because once everybody takes a turn through the rotation it doesn't matter well and apparently we've got seven guys who can all do it like it could literally be any opening day starter bailey ober that argument though by the way is a reason why joey gallo could hit fourth like some of that like why go get him if you're not gonna utilize him to his right 
perceived full potential, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't hate that starting lineup at all. No, I, this is the part of the offseason where I talk myself into the Twins being a legitimately good team. Like, not just like, oh, yeah, like, they'll compete for the AL Central, they'll do whatever. No, I think, like, yeah, yeah, like, this is a 97-win ball club because Buxton plays 130 games and and Polanco's going to have a nice season and Correa's going to be good again and, and Gallo will have that bounce-back season. Miranda's going to continue to develop. Kirilov and Larnick stay healthy. Kepler bounces back now that they ban the shift and Vasquez is a nice hitting catcher as well as defensively I could talk myself into this lineup being good the twins have a lot of what ifs on this team like what can Buxton stay healthy like what if Buxton stays healthy well what if you know Gallo has a bounce back year what if Kirilov and Larnick both stay healthy for most of the year all that kind of stuff but when this lineup is at its full potential it's pretty good and that's including Max Kepler who has been woefully bad uh, at the plate the last couple seasons This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Tuesday, January 24th.